And welcome back to the End Times Countdown. I am your host, Pastor Matt Nichols, and I hope this podcast sees you healed, whole, and well, and getting prepared for the things that are coming, the things that are happening within our world right now. I want to jump right back into this Oral Roberts prophetic utterance. And as we talked about on this last podcast, I would like to go into this and discuss just how this is going to affect the world, how this is going to affect the church, how this is going to affect Israel, and how this is going to play out. I mean, I'm talking about, this is the greatest, one of the greatest prophetic utterances I think that we'll probably look at in our modern day because it deals so much with where we are right now and the actual end of times events, the things that are happening. And I think what's really going to be amazing about this podcast is we're going to start tying things together. We're going to start tying together Joe Brandt. We're going to start tying together William Brandt. We're going to start tying together Oral Roberts and all of these prophetic ministries and words that we've been given over this last year, almost literally within this one podcast. So many things are going to tie together and make sense. And I'm going to have a video on here where I'm going to play a soundbite from a man named Tom Horn, Thomas Horn, whom the Lord has been speaking to since, well, pretty much all of his life, but really prophetically here in the end time since about 2010. And I'm going to play some soundbite of that and <laughs> just sit back and let him say everything that is on my heart to say, because he can say it a whole lot better than I can. <laughs> So I want to do that, but first of all, I want to get into this right here uh, in this podcast, and I want to go back and read this again, where uh, Oral Roberts was talking about in the beginning that suddenly in the clouds in the skies above New York City, the east part of the United States, the east part of the United States, and which hung there for some time and then spread out across America without touching the ground, and then God diffused it away from America and sent it out to the nations of the earth. Um, there are so many ideas, so many uh, different things that this could mean. I've heard people talking about IBMs or IMBs or however they go, the, uh, the missiles that could be launched from pretty much anywhere in the world and could debilitate all media, all communications, all trade, all of that stuff. I've heard that. I've heard, oh my goodness. I mean, just so many things that this could be. I want to look at just one thing today because of some of the things that he has spoken where he talks about, I saw something, uh, I'm sorry, he said, I saw and I heard, I saw and I heard, and I saw something coming down from above, smoke, vapor, and blood, or as it looked like that to my eyes. It looked like. So you remember the last podcast that we did, and we were talking about the red tide that's in the sea, and that so often when we're seeing things prophetically or in the spirit, you know, all we can go by is what we see. And sometimes we look at these things, and we can't really explain or define what these things are, but we can just give the account and what we've seen. And I think sometimes, hey, listen, it's really smart not to try to identify these things, but to just simply give the warning as it's been given to us. And that's what Oral Roberts did here. So he saw smoke and vapor and blood, or as it looked like that to my eyes, to my spiritual eyes. It was hanging so huge that it almost blotted out the sky, the 
okay, the whole sky. <laughs> so I'm standing out in the backyard enjoying the, the day, and all of a sudden something shows up so big it almost blots out the entire sky. And he saw this thing hovering and great changes coming in it. So it's moving, it's it's morphing, it's you know, it's burning, it's doing whatever it's doing, it's it's changing on the outside or changing within it, which he couldn't miss. And then he heard something came into my ears and it reminded me again of the space launch of a capsule way back where the man said the sound penetrated my body, my whole body, this thing penetrated my body, the sound of this happening, of this launching. And he said, as uh, I talked to others, they felt the same thing. Instantly, I thought of that sound that was coming into my ears and it was penetrating my whole being. And then he heard God's voice. He said, I'm making a sign. And he said, it's the sign of the times and it's a sign of the second coming of my son. And then he mentioned Joel chapter two, where he talks about signs in the heavens, where he said, I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, right? So it will blot out the sky. Whatever is coming or whatever is about to happen in this day, the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood, the moon into blood, blood moons before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And it will come to pass that whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be delivered. For in the Mount Zion and Jerusalem will be deliverance and escaping from these things that are coming to pass. So I wanted to look at some of these things and I wanted to look at something that's caught my eye. It's been many years ago, but I want to look at these things. And again, like I said in the very uh, last podcast, we were talking about how I thought it was bizarre, Donald Trump, our president, last, when he, as soon as he came into uh, the presidency, <laughs> one of the first things he did was he organized a space force. And I remember thinking, what a weird thing to do. You're president of the United States. <laughs> you're this huge businessman, and you're going to come in, and you're going to fix everything, right? These are, these are the promises. We're going to come in, we're going to fix everything. We're going to get tired of winning, right? Our economy is going to turn around. Joblessness is going to turn around. We're going to cancel the debt. We're going to do all these things. But the first thing he does is creates a space force. Like, what in the world? And it's ironic because the media thought the same thing and openly mocked him and made a big joke about it. Um, but what's funny now is <laughs> now the media is completely on board with it and promoting it and, and so forth. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny. But I wanted to talk about this right here. NASA plans to slam a spacecraft into an asteroid. So let me read a few articles right now before I get into the soundbite from Tom Horn and some of the things that, that, that we're going to discuss here. I have to read these uh, because of where we're going. Um, so we all know about Wormwood. We've all heard about Wormwood, right? We've heard about the asteroid, and we've heard the pros and the cons. We've heard the critique, and we've heard the the mocking, and we've heard, uh, you know, this, that, the other. We've heard so much about Wormwood. And again, because it's a biblical idea, because it's a, a biblical prophetic idea of course the world mocks it and makes fun of it says oh that's stupid you know the same exact way that they talked about 
California and the way, <laughs> the way they talked about all the other prophetic things that are coming to pass right now in front of our face. But Revelation chapter 8, 11 talks about this. And it says, and the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. Okay, so that's not the name of it now. We're talking about an actual happening, an actual environmental change. Wormwood is bitter. It's a bitter herb, and it actually poisons or causes water or whatever it comes in contact with to be toxic and deadly. It poisons water. And many men died from the waters because they were made bitter, which is what wormwood means. And these are the seven angels blowing the seven trumpets of Revelation chapter 8. And maybe we'll get into that later. But I just wanted to define, yes, there is a very for real wormwood that is in the scriptures. And um, all of this has been spoken um, about in the last few years. We're talking about asteroids now. <laughs> that I, I don't know. I, I've never heard of this in my life, my 40 plus years on the planet. I've never heard of dangers of asteroids coming near the earth to destroy us, right? So President Donald Trump builds a space force. Why? Well, now uh, in 2020, last year and last April, now NASA is planning to slam a spacecraft into an asteroid. So we've got to wonder, why is Jeff Bezos trying to make his way into space. Why is uh, Tesla's founder, Elon Musk, why is he trying to found space stations and trying to go to other uh, planets and so on and so forth? Why now? Why is all of this happening now? Why the sudden interest in space travel and, and inhabiting other uh, planets and so forth? Why now? You know, the thing is, is it's... <laughs> It's never just a thing of, this seems like a good time. Let's do it now. There's always a hidden reason. There's a hidden agenda. And things that these upper people, these elitists, know that the normal people on the planet do not know. And we don't have any access to or any, any idea of. So NASA's planning to slam a spacecraft into an asteroid. Why would they do that? Well, because they're preparing for something that they're denying is going to happen. <laughs> that sounds right, doesn't it? They're, they're, they're fixing to try to manipulate something and destroy something um, because, well, we just need to be prepared, you see. <laughs> they're planning on trying to either redirect or slow down asteroids and the paths of asteroids. We're trying to actually manipulate the orbits and paths and speed of meteors and asteroids that are out there in, in the universe, out there in space. Now, why on earth are we trying to do that? Of all the things that need to happen on the planet, why on earth are we trying to manipulate orbits of asteroids and, and, and send spacecraft up to blow them up? They're even talking about in this article um, in the National Geographic, talking about NASA and so forth. They're even considering what would happen if we sent a nuclear atom bomb up to an asteroid to blow it up. Why are we doing this now, and why is this such a point of interest if nothing's going to come of it, and we're just playing around with the idea just to see what would happen? That Billions and billions of dollars don't support experiments out in space. There's a reason behind it, and there's things being worked behind the scenes that we don't know about. 
And I love this quote by Jean de la Fontaine, where he says, a person often meets his destiny on the road he took to avoid it. <laughs> We're going to see that in just a minute. Um, there's another article that says scientists are now recalculating that asteroid Apophis. So we're going to talk about Apophis. We're going to talk about Wormwood um, that has been spoken about in the, Revel in the book of Revelation chapter 8. Apophis, Wormwood. That they're saying now this asteroid is speeding up. It's actually accelerating in its speed. <laughs> so I need to give you the lowdown on this Apophis. So Apophis was first observed in 2004. This is a huge asteroid, and it caught astronomers' eyes because of its position, because of its orbit, and because of its travel. Now, they named this asteroid Apophis in 2005, and the name Apophis is actually the Greek name Apep, and it literally is um, the enemy of the ancient Egyptian sun god Ra. He is the uncreator, an evil serpent that dwells in the eternal darkness of the Duat, which is hell, which is Gehenna, and tries to swallow Ra, or the god of light, during his nightly passage. <laughs> Why? Why? Other than a prophetic spiritual reason, would these astronomers name this specific asteroid Apophis? Is this, this ancient Egyptian deity that embodies chaos and destruction appears as a giant serpent and is the enemy. He is the lord of chaos. <laughs> a giant snake, a giant dragon. I, I mean... It amazes me how people do things prophetically and even give voice and word. Now, you know, if you're not a Bible scholar, this is how biblical things work. This is how life works. We conceive things in our creative spirit. We imagine those things. We give faith to those things. We believe in those things. And then we speak those things out of our mouth. And it's that believing and speaking that actually creates and manipulates and manifests things in this natural world. So to me, it's absolutely no mistake. It's no coincidence that these astronomers named this star, this asteroid, Apophis, Lord of Chaos. So I'm not going to take up a whole lot of time trying to rehash and recreate something that Mr. Thomas Horn has already seen prophetically, been given the vision, been given the understanding of this, and he can describe this so much better than I can. And so I want to play this sound bite for you right now. Um, you can find this all over the internet. There's no copyright. There's no restrictions, nothing like that. So I want to play this sound bite for you and actually promote this book that he has written. Hi, I'm Thomas Horn, and approximately 45 years ago now, uh, I came home one day from work, stayed up that night in prayer, uh, and then went to sleep. The very th next thing I knew, I was standing in front of a very brilliant light. Somehow I knew that I was standing in front of God. I also knew that he had shown me some things and that at one point even a scroll had unfolded and I had watched vivid images 
uh, I wake up and I write them down. Uh, 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 an example that most of the world knows about now was in 2010 when I saw dark clouds rising over the Vatican and woke up and wrote down that Pope Benedict XVI was going to retire in April of 2012. I uh, started talking about it publicly, in fact, came on Sid Roth's at Supernatural and talked about it in 2011, made that prediction. Uh, 2012 came and went, and at first it did not appear that Benedict had resigned. But then, as the world knows now, in February of 2013, the Vatican made an announcement. Pope Benedict XVI has resigned. He has retired. And that same day, the Vatican's media outlet, the El Observatorio Romano, gave an interview with the New York Times uh, uh, journalist in which they admitted that Pope Benedict had actually, officially, secretly resigned his position at the Vatican in uh, March of 2012. And then in April of 2012, it became official with the Curia, the Roman government, and they accepted his resignation. And now, of course, my phone was ringing off the hook. Everybody everywhere wanted to know who my insider at the Vatican was, right? Who had been feeding me this information. And I laughingly, of course, they say that if I told them that it was the Holy Spirit, that would really confuse them. Approximately one year ago, this experience that I've had all through my adult life happened again. And I was actually on the top of a mountain somewhere, and I was surrounded by thousands and thousands of people. And everybody was in a panic. Everybody was screaming and running and looking back over their shoulders, including me. And that part of the vision for me was the most frightening and the most real because so far as my mind was concerned at the time, it was actually happening. And I remember turning and looking back over my shoulder and I could see this giant burning mountain that was coming through the atmosphere breaking apart as it uh, raced towards the surface of the earth. And as we were all running, all of a sudden, this stone fell into the Pacific Ocean. Uh, it knocked all of us off of our feet. The whole planet felt to me like it was shaking, vibrating so roughly that we could not stand up. And I heard this horrible cracking sound uh, as if literally the mantle of the earth was breaking apart. And again, I looked back over my right shoulder and I saw this giant tsunami, a massive wall of water that was coming up over the top of this mountain. And I knew that we were all getting ready to perish. And just then, as if two large hands came down underneath my arms and lifted me up into the air so that now I was looking down on the planet. And it was horrible, it was terrifying as this water was race, uh, rushing over the top of all of these desperate people who were screaming and crying uh, and praying. And uh, I watched something that uh, only later did I understand was actually the science. Of, I'm not a scientist, uh, so I only could write down what I saw and then later verify this is exactly what scientists say would happen. As the waters of the Pacific Ocean where this stone, this massive burning stone fell, were uh, boiling, and the uh, aerosol that was coming up off of this water moved up into the upper atmosphere. And a whole series of 
hurricane uh, uh, movement started moving across the hemispheres of the earth. And then a second very large part of this stone that had broke off of it evidently as it entered into the atmosphere impacted the earth and ignited a series of volcanoes. And all of this material was being blown up into the upper atmosphere and getting caught in the jet stream and was moving uh, around the earth. And very soon within a period of days, darkening out uh, much of the sun and the moon and the stars. Uh, and then I woke up. I was so terrified, I literally almost fell out of bed. Uh, and uh, grabbed a sheet of paper, which I've learned to keep next to my bed with a pen, and I started writing down all of the minute details, blow by blow, of what I had seen and what I had experienced. But before I could do that, it was as if a voice in the room spoke and uttered a single word, and that was the word apophis. Now, <clears throat> I knew that there was an ancient uh, Egyptian god of chaos by the name Apophis, which was the enemy of light, the enemy of Ra. I knew that. I didn't know a lot more about it than that. Um, and I also knew that NASA had discovered an asteroid at the Kitt Peak National Observatory in 2004. Uh, and at the time, they named it Apophis after this Egyptian god of destruction. Uh, and at that time, they actually speculated that there was uh, enough of a serious chance that Apophis was going to impact the Earth in 2029 that they put it on their watch list. Later on, they decreased the, um, the chance that it's going to impact the Earth in a bit over nine years from now. But I learned later that this is probably because they're involved in a cover-up and that the um, chances of Apophis striking the Earth in 2029 is far greater than what they are admitting at this point. And by the way, in the book, I go into that. It's more than a conspiracy theory. I've interviewed and talked with astronomers, members of NASA, people with above top secret security clearance, Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis from the Pentagon, who was a senior analyst there, put me in contact with impact specialists. People like uh, Nathan Mirvold, who is constantly listed in the top 100 critical thinkers, scientific thinkers in the world, a true polymath with over 800 patents to his name. He once ran the science department at Microsoft. Uh, one of the most brilliant men on earth has recently published a peer-reviewed paper in an astronomy magazine in which he accuses NASA of an absolute cover-up of the threat that is posed by both Apophis and some other asteroids. So I did all of this research and came to believe that in fact, of all dates, Friday the 13th, April 2029, Apophis is going to strike the Earth. Now, the facts around this asteroid are astonishing. Uh, it is 370 meters wide, uh, 1,200 feet wide or to put that into more of a you know, mental gymnastic, it's four NFL football fields wide. It weighs an estimated 20 million metric tons. It is traveling at 28,000 miles per hour. And if, as I predict, it impacts the Earth in 2029, 
It is literally going to be equivalent to, scientists say, 65,000 atomic bombs the size of the ones that we dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima at the end of World War II that literally sunk the Japanese island. Um, they say that at a minimum, tens of millions of people will die uh, and possibly billions of people are going to die. NASA says that if this rock does hit the earth, it's going to come down probably around the border of Mexico and California. So a highly densely populated uh, area. So you can understand why this was such a terrifying uh, vision to me. However, when Luke speaks of the signs and the asteroids, when the book of Revelation talks about what will happen in chapter eight, when this mighty rock called Wormwood, which is what I believe this is, falls uh, upon the planet, it all precedes a moment in which believers are to look up and lift up their heads because their redemption is drawing nigh. It is a message about the imminency of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And if you are a rapture believer, then of course you know that you're not uh, appointed unto wrath and you probably won't even be here when this event happens. But it is coming, and it is an opportunity, regardless of your eschatological or uh, prophetic worldview, for believers of every type to take this as a moment to be preachers of the gospel. Wow. And that was Thomas Horn and the prophetic vision that could be a whole other podcast all by itself. But I think what's amazing about what he saw and what he heard was the same things that Oral Roberts physically felt within this prophetic experience with God. And I, what, what fascinated me was the sounds that he heard and the sights that he saw, smoke, darkness, <laughs> the blood, the, the so forth, the things. If you think about blood, um, falling from the sky. I mean, think about embers, think about molten rock, think about something that, that looks like that. How do you describe those things if you're an ancient Hebrew or an ancient, you know, really somewhat uneducated person in ancient history? How do you describe magma falling from the earth that you're seeing? How do you describe these things? I thought it was interesting too that the sound that he heard and he said it sounded like the mantle of the earth was coming apart that sound that penetrated and it set off numbers of volcanoes there are super volcanoes all over all over this planet that have been predicted if they erupt i, I mean one of them that we have here in the united states it would literally make two-thirds of the united states uninhabitable for decades now again <laughs> not trying to be doom and gloom I've, I, we have to expose these things. We've got to bring these things to the forefront because it's exactly like what Oral Roberts said in here within this vision. People aren't ready for the second coming of Christ. People aren't ready for the second coming of Jesus. The world's not ready. Sadly, sadly, the church is not ready for the second coming of Christ. And Israel is not prepared. They're not ready for the second coming of Christ. But that's what all of these things are pointing to. These are huge prophetic neon signs in the heavens and on the earth pointing to, this is about to wrap up, ladies and gentlemen, 
right? Your seats can be used for flotation devices. <laughs> you know, get ready because here he comes. And what I said is going to come to pass, whether you believe it or not. And here we are again at the end of this podcast. My goodness, the time goes by. I really wanted to put this on here because of this prophetic utterance, because of, of this, this, this experience Oral Roberts had and how, what, 10 years, 15 years later, it is actually being fulfilled in our eyes. And really, I believe the key message of this is get ready. And it's exactly how he called it, how he coined it. It is a wake-up call. What are we doing? Where are we going? What is my spiritual life like? What am I living like? What am I promoting? What do I live for? What do I stand for? What do I believe? These are some major, major inquiries we all need to be assessing within our own spirits, within our own lives. I often say this when I go and minister at places, and it takes people off guard every time. They're not ex- they're expecting me to come in and tell them how good they are and how God loves them. But I'll come in. <laughs> Those things are true. But when I come in, I ask them this. If you knew that Jesus was going to come back next Thursday, would you live the rest of this week the same way that you did last week? What would you do differently? What would you how would you react, your relationships, the things that you do, how would you live differently if you knew that that was the case and that was coming to pass? It's time for us to start making some changes, ladies and gentlemen, whether we be unbelievers, believers, whether we be Jews, whether we be whoever we are, it's time that we really step back and look at these things seriously and contemplate my life my direction, what I believe. I just pray that this podcast challenges what people believe, challenges uh, what you expect and what you think, what you've been taught and what's been told. And I'll just ask you to join me again on this next podcast where I'm really going to dig into the message to people through this? What is the message? What is it that, that, that God is trying to relay to us through this prophetic message? What's he trying to say? So let's look at that. Well, we'll get into that this next podcast. And the way we say it every time, hey, be awake, be aware, and be ready. Listen, ready or not, <laughs> here he comes. We'll see you next time.